Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Anite Podcast. This is our first episode for the year of 2016, and I am joined by an extra-large cast, one more than usual, one more. And so I've got with me Exile. Greetings. Stanlick. What's up? Kristoff. Hello, world. Rockman-12. What is up with your super slow cadence? Speak faster. And then John UIUC. Hello. 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 And John Uick. John, see, I always said that. <laughs> and then, Yeah, and then one time he told me he's like, yeah, no, that's no stop. So I've I've learned I've learned the error of my ways. Yeah, I don't care. Uh, I can <laughs> so since no, everyone has been on the pod here has been on the podcast before, I have instead of the three boring questions, I have one question that you will all get. So does anyone want to volunteer to go first though? Okay, I picked John. John <laughs> you're right. on first. It's me, I guess. <laughs> okay. Here we go. If you were in a fan service anime, what role would you play and why? Hmm. I would be the perpetrator. You'd be the perpetrator. I would have yeah. said the underwear. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Alright, so Sean is the underwear. I would be a rata from Trinity 7. <laughs> okay, so Exile is the MC who accidentally gets pulled into pervy situations, but is totally, definitely, absolutely not into it. Um, let's see, we've got, and then John is the perpetrator. I'm gonna, do you, when you say perpetrator, do you mean like the pervy friend who like is a peeping Tom? Uh, no, it'd be the person who causes the fan service. Okay, then I'm, I'm gonna, then, I, then I'm, <laughs> then I'm, I'm gonna make, um, Kevin, you're gonna be the peeping tom. It's it's what, nothing. Seriously? It's it's not it's nothing personal. I'm just I just like looked at the screen and I saw I saw Kevin and then I said he'd be the peeping tom. So now would I? Tom. You think so? <laughs> you really think so? This is a I trick mean, question. Kevin, like, come on. Kevin, stop looking at me like that, bro. Hmm. Then, all right, then Kristoff. Hmm. Um, what would Christoph be? Do you have Do you have any suggestions for yourself, or are we going to have to come up with something for you? Can yeah, I be Chris... the straight man that's always calling them out for their uh, the crap that's going on? I'm gonna make I'm gonna make you the um the hardcore like Yuri fan service girl who's like best friends with the main female. Okay. Oh, psycho lesbian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So, Proton, this makes you the girl, right? Sure. You I'm are the MC. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I, am the, I am the female lead, thank you. And well, I won't be easy to please either, so... Oh, we got Asundere in here. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, but once you get me, I go all Yandere, like, it's not worth it. But the MC does not know that, so... Watch out, Exile. <laughs> but anyways, I now that we've gone with that, I want to start with our actual content. So we have, with the new winter 2016 season, we've got a few shows that we want to talk about. So I'm going to open up with everyone's absolutely most favorite, definitely number one show of this season, which is Myriad Colors Phantom World. So do any of you guys want to summarize it, or do you want me to do it? I'm good with it. The show sucks. <laughs> Come on. Kevin, you're fired. Does anyone else want to go? I can do it. Run. Basically, every episode opens with main guy explaining some quasi-psychological aspect of the world has changed because there was a giant biological warfare accident and a virus escaped which altered people's neurology, so now they can see what they call phantoms, which are like yokai and monsters and ghosts. And we don't know if they are being caused by people expecting to see them now, or if they were there all along. And some of them cause trouble, some of them just happen to be around, some of them are intelligent and can converse with humans, and children have different special powers that they use as part of a school club to subdue 
phantoms that start causing trouble in exchange for food, basically. It's it's also worth mentioning that on our lead team, every single one of them is a female except for the main character. Yeah, and they I'm all pretty shocked. much treat him like shit <laughs> yeah. for reasons that he really doesn't deserve. And they're all and they're also supposedly the team with the worst track record, but have like but somehow have abilities that make them like not even remotely deserving of that title. And there's lots of fan service, and they're, they have magical abilities, and they attend a high school. Yeah, for a show that's not labeled as edgy, it's probably one of the most edgy shows this season. Yeah, I, I think I the mean, most I famous... I think a couple from the first episode has already become meme. Yeah, exactly, it. that's what I was going to say. Like the, the most like famous scene of like any anime from this season, pretty much... Is the scene the first episode? You got the main character. Uh, what's what's her name again? Um, I can't remember because I wasn't paying attention. Okay, <laughs> blonde. Isn't it Mai? It's like Mai. Mai. It's like Mayumi, I think. The I, main I mean, girl is Mai. Mai. Okay, Mai. Okay, okay, Mai. Yeah. So okay, so Mai. It's like there are these phantoms that are like dancing telephone poles, and the only way that they can make them go to rest is by doing the limbo with them. And so there's this scene where Mai, who is who has very large breasts, of course, because it's anime, um, <laughs> she has to somehow get under the bar, right? So she uses which is about three inches off the ground. Exactly. So she uses what we like to call anime physics and <laughs> bounces her breasts until she like can like just barely like slides underneath. So of course, of course, yeah. you know the scene is like infamous and famous at the same time infamous because it's like are you kidding me and then famous because boobs yeah boobs yeah it's for you <laughs> it's for you yeah literally the bar is too low for her to fit under because her breasts are that big so she starts bouncing them so she can move them under the bar when they compress on the downward motion which isn't how breasts work <laughs> It's like mathematics, the, the maximum and minimum of a sine wave. <laughs> I don't think they were thinking that deeply, yeah. Stan. Sh- Sean, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be honest, you're sounding kind of nerdy right now. I'm, I want to get back to talking about my man's anime. <laughs> because that actually works into Phantom World pretty well, because the main character is very much a bookworm and has mm. a lot of trivia that he can apply to the situation regarding the type of phantom they're facing and useful tactics of countering them. And every time he tries to offer it up, the main girl is such a jock, she pretty much punches him for knowing shit. Yeah. And you're just sitting there going, oh, for fuck's sake. The quiet little Ojo-sama-y type that they pick up to join their team in the first episode, Judo flips him whenever she realizes there's a man near her. It's really ridiculous. I mean, in the latest episode, they were in a room trying to catch a peeping phantom, which looked like a little UFO. So they needed to get changed to make it appear to perv on them. And they kick him out of the room and say, don't come in until the UFO appears. The UFO appears, they start screaming, ah, it's here. He goes in, and they kick the shit out of him for it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that basically summarizes the whole show. Yeah, the thing with Phantom World is it's it's a very nice-looking, very well-animated show. But, but there's no Okio plot Anishin's behind its are. plot. Yeah. It's it's a wonderfully animated piece of Wasted garbage. Time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like you know what was also that. wonderfully animated? Glass Whip. Yeah. Sorry, it wasn't the latest episode. That was episode two. The latest episode manages to provide a complete non-story as well, mind you, with two phantoms seeking my. And she has spent the episode going, oh, I was such a quiet, reluctant, shy little girl. And everybody going, that doesn't seem right. And it turns out, no, she was a bitch. And she traumatized these two phantoms to the point they've spent their lives training to try and kick her ass in response. <laughs> I, and she's I just like, like that that's story. not how I remember myself. It's, see, the, the, thing, the thing, it is worth saying, because we are bashing on the show, for people that are like, very, very into like magical high school shows. Here's the reality: this show is a it's 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 got a lot of stereotypes from magical high school shows, but it's beautifully animated, and it is it and the premise is like slightly variant from like 
the super super like traditional magical high school show show if you if you do really really like magical high school shows and you aren't bored of them yet then i mean you're probably gonna like this one that being said i'm pretty sure that everyone in this podcast qualifies as a little bit fed up with really stereotypical magical high school shows and for in my case i'm like oh my god another like pretty fan servicey magical high school show i'm out boys yeah, I mean, it's not as fan servicey as other stuff we had recently, like Asterix or Chivalry. It's nowhere near as fan servicey as those. But at the same time, it also doesn't have anything to distinguish itself like those did. And we're talking about Asterix, which distinguished itself in all the wrong ways. <laughs> and yet, it's probably more likely to stick in people's heads than this, simply because you can think of all the stuff it did wrong. This is doing things wrong, but not that much. Because we've seen other shows do the same things. It's really tropey. Doesn't do anything particularly bad. Doesn't do anything particularly well. It's so, just a bit of a non-event. So to su- to summarize what Exile said, this show is so bad that it's not even good at being bad. Yeah, I mean, it's Sky not- Wizards was so fucking <laughs> mediocre, it's recognizable for it. This isn't even that. <laughs> What's interesting about, again, Phantom World is... You have these situations, and they, they've happened... I only watched the first two episodes, so I haven't seen the most recent one. But you have situations where, like, it's self-aware of, like, the tropes that you oftentimes see in the high school uh, harem shows, like, <laughs> especially with the fan service. And so, like, it winks and nods at you, and it's like, yeah, we understand. And then they do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's and, and one of the problems is that... I've noticed, like, over the past couple of years, we've kind of gotten to the point where it's, like, a lot of a lot of these shows will kind of, like, wink to the audience periodically. They'll be like, we know we're, we know that we're doing this. You guys know we're doing this. We know that you know that we're doing this. And then they, and then, the and then they, time. yeah, and then, and then they wink, and then they're like, here's some more fan service, have fun, bud. Yeah, there's actually this isn't a show we're intending to discuss tonight, but there's another show that might be doing that from this season called Luck and Logic. <laughs> and one of the best things about the show so far, and this is telling, I think, is that it's that it has that little bit of silliness where you've got the main dude's sister saying, "No, you're just villager A now," and then later on, "Go and be the main protagonist who doesn't lose to anybody," and you're sitting there going. Are they being that self-aware? Because if so, it's funny. But I honestly don't think they are. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like, with writing, when I see writing, if it's got really good writing sometimes, and I'm like, a question of, are they like, is it being self-aware or not? If it's got good writing, benefit of the doubt, yeah, probably. If it's got bad writing, I'm just like, nah, nah, they, nah they, they're dumb, they're dumb. They, they're dumb. Mm. So, that, so, I mean... Would I say that no one would like Phantom World? No, obviously not, because it's, like, trending on Crunchyroll. But it's, like, if you don't want to watch... If if you if anything that we've described doesn't sound good to you, you're, you're not going to like it. <laughs> yeah, it's a time waster. It's yeah. a show you watch to pass some time, but not or really like go to bed or sink into it or take much of it with you. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah. reasonably fun way to pass 20 minutes a week. It's the, it's the kind of show that Sean was, is watching... But then again, that's every show because he's literally watching everything. So, I mean, yes, he's watching uh, yeah. Pandora. Yeah, and, I, and when I say everything, just for people in case you're listening to this podcast and haven't looked at the chart that lists which shows we're watching, I mean, like there are 40 shows airing right now, and we mark down if we're, we say yes if we're watching them, no if we're not watching them. Sean, out of these 40 shows, currently has three of them that say no on them. <laughs> that means that there are 37 shows that he is either currently watching. Or behind on watching. 2D for life! And he's only behind, <laughs> and he's only, and I should note that he's only behind on three of those shows that he is watching. So, well, so. I, ha- I haven't started Ajin because Netflix is picking it up, so I'll just watch it when Netflix finishes it. But will they bring it to Canada? That's the question. Yeah, yeah they, they always bring the anime to Canada. The anime, Can- Canadian anime and American anime on Netflix are the same. As far as I know. I might be wrong. I don't know. <laughs> uh, continue. Good job. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it's the same. Uh, anime rights uh, normally span in the entirety of North America, or at least America and Canada yeah, yeah. at the same time. So that's true. They, they're kind of 
everything that's airing on Netflix Anime America is normally airing on Netflix Anime Canada. So, all right. So I'm gonna jump here now that we've um had our you know dished a little bit on Phantom World. Let's move on to Dagashi Kashi, which if I think because Christoph, you your profile picture is from that right now, right? Yeah. All right, would you like to do a quick summary for it? Sure. So in Dagashikashi, you have the main character, uh, Kokonatsu, who is his friend's called Coconuts because his name sounds very similar to that. But he and his father, they uh, they run a Dagashi shop, so the basically the cheap Japanese candy for the most part that's like 100 yen or less. Um, it's like a tuck shop or a corner shop. Yeah, it's just this little corner shop, and they don't live out in the sticks. Like, there's really not a whole lot around. And though the, the MC does like Dagashi, he does not want to run the shop. He doesn't want to inherit it from his dad. He'd rather be a mangaka. Um, and then one day, there's the main girl in it, Hotaru, who's very weird. Um, and that's one of the fun parts about the show. She shows up to recruit. Oh, and she's the daughter of some big... Uh, CEO for a big uh, president for a big candy company. And she's there to recruit the MC's dad to come and work for her. And they come up with a deal that if she can convince his son to take over the shop, he will go and work for her, her dad. And it's only there just to give them an excuse to talk about candy. Uh, really, the show ends up being about four or five minute shorts. It's a full length. Every episode is full length, but they just kind of usually talk about like three, four, maybe five candies a week. Um, and just all it's about is just kind of some fairly ridiculous uh, situations just revolving around the candy. So there we go. Yep. That See, the, the funny the funny thing, to get this discussion started for this one, the funny thing about Dagashi Kanshi is that I was definitely hyped for it um, as when it like first... You know, like, oh, it's announced. And I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. And I do like it, but um, it's, I'd say that it's, it, for me, it's only like, it, I mean, it's like, it's kind of funny, but it's not like, there are other shows airing this season, one of which we'll be talking about later, that I find, like, hysterical. And I wouldn't say that Dagashi Kashi quite qualifies as that for me personally. It's really kind of simpleton, like, the girl comes in the shop and it's like, oh, I wonder what kind of candy she's going to talk about in this section of the show. Yeah, it's very formulaic. It's kind of a weird mix of slice of life and insanity. Because <laughs> yeah. the main girl is completely nuts. She has some of the weirdest eyes I think anime has ever seen. <laughs> she has complete Yandere eyes, except she's yes. Yandere for candy. <laughs> yeah. And somehow this manages to avoid her being just absolutely freakingly scary. See, Instead, she comes across as a, a bit adorable, actually, because she has blue shiringen. Yeah. I was reading someone else's the, review of it, and they described her as an anime manic pixie dream girl, which I think is quite. <laughs> and literally a little bit in the case of the MC, since he since he's been drawing manga. And like the the female lead in the manga he was drawing looks almost and coincidentally it looks almost identical to the actual female lead of the anime. So, mm-hmm. um, what except less crazy. Uh, but I think the one thing that I'm kind of that I kind of want the show to happen to do is I like you know like how we like you do the different candies and then she's like completely crazy. But I think my biggest problem so far is it's not like different scenarios really they just like literally will just be in like a different room and they'll be like this new candy and then they'll you know they'll like funny like crazy things will happen but i'm you i don't know i f- i want like the scenery to change like that that's just me personally though i still like it and this isn't like dishing on the show because this is like way too much of a, like a subjective point to be making personally but i i don't know have you has has anyone here actually read the manga for it uh, yeah, I, I did. Oh, how many people said yes there? I heard three. Kevin, three, okay. So what? What did he, is it? Is the it's, so it's pretty much the same. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's very formulaic. It follows a similar formula each time. There's a new candy of the week or episode or what have you. 
Hotaru comes up with an insane fantasy about it and goes completely off the rails. Uh, occasionally one of the other characters comes in because the other two main characters beyond main guy, main girl, main guy's dad are two twins that run a cafe in the village as well and are friends of the main character. The girl likes him. The guy is a bit of a nutcase. And they're the other two characters that primarily play a role in any of these fantasies. The thing is, going into the season, I was very much looking forward to it, and I ended up getting exactly what I was expecting, in that it's basically just the manga animated um, yeah. and voiced. It's not it's not spectacular, but I just find it really enjoyable to watch. And it also yeah. makes me hungry when I watch it, but I'm like, I really want to try this stuff. <laughs> yeah, it forced me to buy that. Yeah. It's very much a love affair to Tagashi itself, because you get a history of the sweets and thought processes about the design of the packet or the design of the sweet itself. Or how to eat it. Yes. Yeah. So, it's... Ever in Japan, and I have to try one of these, I know how to eat it properly. Yeah, I mean, it's an otaku show for Tagashi, basically. And, yeah, Hotaru is very much a Tagashi otaku... At the same time, though, I think it needs to be mentioned, there's an odd amount of fan service, almost. It's not really fan service but at the same time, Hataru is drawn to have an incredibly lush body, and the camera angles really do play that up, even though it never really does anything with it. So, it's almost fan service, but it very rarely actually crosses the line. Yeah. And again, she's got like a certain affinity to like candy, so like she loses her mind over some package of sugar <laughs> and her yeah, body I mean, goes in later episodes of the manga had to open a bag of crisps or something and pretty much inhale all of the air inside it. And the face <laughs> she's making after she does that is very suggestive. I expect we'll probably get to that in the anime. <laughs> but yeah, that face has become a little well known. A little. It is very yonder Yeah, yeah. Just for candy and not people. Like that, um, that, that makes me wonder, like it's like Yeah, it's like we say yonder for candy because she's like obsessed, but it's like so then what happens? Is she, like, if she feels like it betrays her, does she, like, fucking kill the candy? <laughs> I'm fairly certain she probably kill anyone that came her and, between her and candy. <laughs> yeah, that's really a good way of thinking about it. Like, she's she's just obsessed. Like, that's her whole world. Like, and this shows up in the show and in the manga where a lot of things that other people would care about, she just doesn't care about. When it, yeah. As long as, it, like, there's candy in front of her. Yeah. So yeah, so it's I mean it's definitely one of the more popular shows on Anita this season, that's for sure. Whereas and not and in the better in the good way as opposed think, to Phantom World, which is in the bad because way. Because a lot of people were talking about the manga a while back. Yeah. So a bunch of people just started reading it and then everyone kinda got excited for the anime because everyone was talking about it. Yeah. I was one of those people. (laughs) I never heard of this show before I started watching it. (laughs) I don't read manga. Wow, you you two... Okay, Sean and John. (laughs) You guys, not only do you guys' names rhyme, but you just, like, (laughs) both just, like, killed the buzz in this this podcast. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Moving on to the next show. I just want to say one thing, like, because I I didn't speak about Phantom World, even though I watched it. I kind of consider... uh, Dagashi and Myriad Colors Phantom World, kind of the same. Um, not really as a show, but they're just easy to watch. You don't really have to invest yeah. any of your mind towards anything. You can just have it on and watch it. It's um, comforting. Yeah, it's kind of like a safe show to watch. Like you're not going to be confronted with horrible feelings or like too much action. <laughs> so, or like if you're feeling down in the day and you so, just want to watch something happy, so those, just put it on. Yeah. I mean, so Dagashi just... is a commercial. <laughs> yeah. 
so just out of curiosity, Sean, so if those, if those two shows are comforting for you, then what are the other 38? <laughs> uh, there, there's some ups, there's some downs, but all in all, I just have fun. All right, spoken like a true animasochist. <laughs> the animasochist. <laughs> yeah. Head, head, head animasochist, head priest. All right, and so we'll go ahead and move on to another, back, going back to the land of infamous anime. We've got um, Undefeated Bahamut Chronicle. Or <laughs> We're talking about this? This is a show that Anate gets together once a week to hate watch on voice chat. <laughs> and so, it's so much fun to do that okay. for it. So uh, the summary is it's it's a it's based on a light novel series and it revolves around a guy named Lux, who's a former prince of the Arcadian Empire that was overthrown from a rebellion. And then so of course, you know the first episode he accidentally trespasses in the female dormitory's bathing area. Oh, and, no. see, and sees the kingdom's new princess naked. Oh, this is not Asterisk War. And, <laughs> and incurs her wrath. And it's so then she challenges him to a drag ride duel, which then drag rides are like ancient armored mechanical weapons that were excavated from like ancient ruins around the world. And so Lux, this like former prince, used to be the strongest drag knight, but now he's known as the undefeated weakness weakest because he absolutely will not attack anyone in battle ever. And of course, you know, of course, though, he um, ends up attending the female only academy that trains royals to be drag knights following his encounter with yeah, you, you say it's not asterisk, and fair enough, I haven't actually seen anything taken from asterisk yet, but it takes a shitload from every other anime out there. The main <laughs> yeah, I, character I, 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 is Belle from Dungeon. Belcom. The mecha are from Infinite Stratos. The main girl appears to be taken from Asuka. It just takes little bits from every other anime out there and puts them together. It's trope, the anime. <laughs> Uh, I'm just wondering why you guys are watching it. It's so funny. See, here, it's here's, so much fun here's, to here's, make fun of. Here's my secret, Kevin. I'm not watching it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I took I took the summary. I literally just read that off Anna chart and then like added some of my own flair to it as I was going. I have never seen the show. I have no plans on watching the show. I'm so with watching Obama, it. Like I'm in the situation that the only reason I'm watching it is I watch it with other people. For the purpose of ripping it. Yeah. Like, that's the yeah. only reason I watch See, it. I, I would I'm never tempted, watch it on I'm my own. <laughs> I'm literally tempted to do, to catch up just to join you guys on that. But the thing is, like, it's one of those things where you kind of take, you know, I go like, okay, brain, let's see, we've got our risks, and we've got our rewards. And then I'm like, so, the reward for watching this show with people, oh, it's <laughs> funny, the risks for watching this show with people. You, you throw up every night for the rest of your life and just imagine how wonderful your life would have been if you'd never seen it in the first place. <laughs> so, Man, don't, don't knock it till you try it. It's like drugs. Yeah, it, 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 I, it, was, I, was just, I was just about to say, are you, are you selling me something, a train crash. <laughs> I don't know. Because it's I'm definitely a show to watch with other people just to make fun of it. Because yeah. you can make fun of not only it, but also all the anime it's blatantly stealing from. Yep. No. stealing well from like it's taking like the worst parts of other things like particularly the the mechs like this oh their design is so well, bad like i never i never get and i understand partly why it's there but i never understand the idea of having like this exoskeleton that doesn't cover you at all like you're <laughs> completely exposed yeah. well, well quick question though so Exile mentioned that the main character is kind of like bell from um don Macho. Like but if they if they take the worst aspects of these shows, then why didn't they take Hestia? She's probably coming. She kind of is there. I mean, we have She's somebody who friend. has straws for legs and breasts bigger than her head. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no string, no string. Character. No string. Unsupported. And that's the thing with the childhood friend. Like, not only is she annoying and she's kind of like that Hestia character, he somehow ends up in her bed like, the next day, and there's absolutely no explanation for it. He's oh, no, as there. it turns out, they're sharing a room. He just wasn't told before he ended up waking up next to her. Do they ever... Uh, they didn't need the show, though? I don't remember that. Co-ed. Oh, yeah. We're not co-ed. really listening, but we watch it. So. Yeah, co-ed rooms. I, is there, like, 
anywhere on the planet where there are actual like co-ed rooms for high like high school age people yeah for high school age people is that even is that even like a thing anywhere no 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 but yeah but yeah but but damn well better believe it happens in the magical high school anime shows all the time (laughs) oh my gosh it's 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 amazing everybody should watch it (laughs) yeah the must watch of the season the first episode was actually quite funny because it was doing stuff that you saw coming miles away but you could just it had you laughing the second episode wasn't the second episode was just what really oh for fuck's sake (laughs) okay so one thing I, i have to mention though is with the 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 primary girl the main girl her turnaround her 180 as a character Yes. In a single episode, she went from like pure soon to pure dare in one like five minute span. <laughs> uh, and she hasn't come back yet. She started out being a complete bitch of "I'm going to kick your ass, I'm going to make you cry," and then there's a fight where he really doesn't do all that much. She defeats the monster that turns up, admittedly with his help, but she is ultimately the one that defeats it. And after that, she's just like. So fucking dare. It's like the the main girl, she she got seen in the in the bath or onsen, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And she's not concerned that the main character saw her boobs or whatever the heck. She's concerned that she that the guy saw a tattoo on her body. Like that's hey, all that matters. It's a brand. They burned that into her. Yeah, but like forget the other that stuff got, that, that like that. everyone else. Oh, is but it looks like a that. tattoo. That guy's dark looks like real, that real fast. Is that really what it looks like? Yeah, I invite you to look Come further on. south. It is a tramp stamp on the front. <laughs> Come on. It's funny given that it's quite horrible because she, she was taken prisoner by the old empire and they branded her with a mark to always have her be their prisoner so she's very embarrassed with it but at the same time it's a bloody arrow pointing towards her vagina <laughs> no matter how hard they try this show will never be dark yeah <laughs> it's I mean, in its shadows <laughs> you know i'm gonna spoil it because it doesn't deserve to remain a spoiler the first episode you have, the old empire fell because this one black drag knight defeated their entire army and cast the empire down. It was the and, prince, oh, wasn't it? Main character wears two swords, a white one and a black one, and he only uses the white one and never attacks. You know something's coming. You know there's something there. They do that in the second fucking episode. They don't even draw it out. It's like, oh, he doesn't attack anybody, even with this weak Dragonite that he uses that is no threat against the monsters at all. But he never uses his other sword, and the identity of the Black Knight is this big secret. Then second fucking episode, he whips it out and obliterates an opposing army by himself. <laughs> with no fucking hesitation second at all. Episode. I will give it that that's something you don't normally see. Yeah, it's not I mean, particularly that, a good reason. Yeah, I mean that, that's a, that's pretty cheeky, you know. It's hurrying yeah, along. I mean, they tell you, that, you know, he has this whole title as the weakest undefeated because he never attacks anybody, and then it's just he immediately reverses that with barely any hesitation at all. Completely outs himself as the person who cast down his own empire. It's just like you fail at dramatic tension, Bahamut. You fail in every way. <laughs> Well, you know and there's episode three, which hasn't if, even aired yet. If you it's take amazing. out, if you take out all the sexuality and all of the shit, it becomes an okay anime. Thank you, thank you, Sean. That is that is the true that is like the true like motto of the animescus. If you just take out the bad things, it's not that bad anymore, guys. Just well, disregard it. Is we all had the weekly group watch. And we were all making various comments as the episode went on. And I, th- I think it was Gugsy watched it about an hour afterwards. I think it was Gugsy who was the one who watched it an hour afterwards, having missed our chat. And he started saying almost verbatim the exact same stuff <laughs> as he was watching through. It was great. 
He was asking the same questions with almost the exact same phrasing at the same time. <laughs> the show can bring people together because it makes you think it really the same can. Thing. It brings yeah. brings people together. There, there you go, everyone. Watch Bahamut. It'll bring world peace because it'll bring you together. It's like a Coca Cola. Just the the unfortunate part is that I hate to break it to you, but if you're trying to show it to someone that doesn't watch anime, they're probably gonna think you're an odd fella. No, they're gonna love it. <laughs> I'm a liar, but yeah. anyway. And, and and on that on that pleasant note, let's let's move away. Let's move away from that show. Let's swipe it. It was never it was never there. And we're gonna we're gonna move on. I'm gonna do. We've got two more shows we're gonna talk about. We're gonna kind of talk about them at the same time because like that's that's the way we do things at annotate. We like to like mix things up and get a little bit crazy sometimes. So we're gonna talk about um, Grimgar and Konosuba, which. What, what's Grimgar? Uh, Gr- the full name is Grimgar of Fantasy and Ash, and then the full name for Konosuba is Konosubarashi Sakai ni Shukufuku Wo, which is a really long Japanese name that no one gives a fuck about. So, we, I'll, well, what I'm gonna go ahead and do is I'll summarize. I can summarize Grimgar, and unless someone wants to do Konosuba, I can do that one as well. I'm open for if anyone wants to shoot for it, though. I'm I can do Konosuba. Own. You want to do Konosuba? All right, Kevin will do it. So, all right, so first... Yeah, supposedly, Konosuba's English title is God's Blessing on This Wonderful World. God's Blessing That's even worse world. than the other one. Yeah, let's <laughs> stick with Konosuba. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so for Grimgar, the, the premise behind Grimgar is a lot of people who... Uh, it's hinted at that they basically come from our world. Um, wake up! Wake up in this fantasy world with literally no reason. They don't. They don't know how they got there. And on top of that, though, it's not just. It's not like Log Horizon because they don't remember their previous lives either. So there'd be moments where they'll be like, "Oh, you know, where's my cell phone?" And they're like, "Wait, what's a cell phone?" And they're like, "Those don't exist. I have no idea. Why do you say that?" And so they and. Basically, they're then told that they, you know, they're launched, and they said you can um, apply. You join a guild, you get, and then you basically choose a class. Basically, like every MMO ever, really. And then they set, they basically, you know, they are put into the like recruit army for what's it? What's it like the free, like freelance soldiers? I think they just called the volunteer army. The volunteer army. That's what it is. The volunteer army. Yeah. And I mean, what it essentially comes down to is, in MMO terms. They're level ones trying to kill goblins for money so that they can make a living at this moment. And so the show kind of centers around, at least so far, is kind of centered around their struggles as they are attempting to actually successfully kill something and make money and survive in the world. And then before... So before we get into... um, Konosuba and discussing like both shows because they both are technically kind of in the same subgenre of like trapped in a video game. Let's talk, we'll talk about Grimgar for like a little bit here. Um, so one one thing that I, I wanted to start with for sure is that I do I really like Grimgar. It's one of my favorite shows that's airing right now. But that being said, the one criticism that I have is first off it's slow as people have said, which wouldn't be a problem in and of itself. But my issue is that they have so they have a lot of like insert songs in that second episode, and it feels like they're trying to evoke right now so far, um, emo- like emotional feelings from the viewers for these characters that the show has not justified us being attached to yet. Yeah, the show really hasn't earned emotional attachment to the characters, and that's I'm really liking certain things about Grimgar. Like the animation is really nice. I'm loving the backgrounds. I'm I'm a sucker for watercolors. And it, just, it looks really nice, but the characters really just haven't grown on me enough for me to care about them. Yeah. And that's probably the weakest point right now, because it's trying to get me to care already, and it just, it's not there exactly. yet. Exactly. See, because, and that's the thing, there's nothing wrong with necessarily, like, not caring about them after, like, two episodes. The problem is that the show kind of assumes that you do, which doesn't work as well. Now, that being said, though, I think it's, it's first off, it's got very pretty background, like, watercolor kind of backgrounds, and the uh, it's I really like the atmosphere and uh, general just tone of the show. And the other thing that I appreciate is as as much as like the trapped in the video game genres had, we've got these people. It's not just that 
they're bad and unfamiliar with the the game in quotations. It's also that they're not they don't just like suddenly become good. Like we we're two episodes we're a couple episodes in now, and they're bare they're ba- they're barely getting by. Like you've literally you've got this team of like five people, and they've all like received basic training in their class, but they're like they've like if they had like just two goblins attack these five people, they have a hard time handling it. And on top of that, there's also I think one thing that was that was very interesting about covering is they have it's very difficult they have a hard time when they're actually the killing blows for these enemies because it's I think it's one of those interesting things where you would think if you drop into a virtual reality game that there might be a it might you might be a little bit weirded out by like murdering a bunch of like creatures like in your and you feel like it's your actual body because it's virtual reality. Now mm. in some shows like Sword Art Online and that kind of thing, you know, oh the enemy like dissolves and mm-hmm. goes away or whatever. But that doesn't happen in Grimgar. They you know, like you take a knife and you're stabbing the goblin. It's like blood's going everywhere. The thing's not disappearing, you're like And it's clearly it. sentient. You yeah. know, it's not like an animal. Exactly, so. yeah. And they they have the whole thing the goblin just wants to live, but it's like they need to kill it to survive. So I think that the emotional tension from that and the way that this is handled is really good. I really, really like that part of that show. And then I'm hoping that it's those kind of elements in the writing that are going to proliferate long term. And because if that is the case, I think it will be a very good series. So, just asking, if you haven't seen the show, would you re- like? Would you recommend it to someone who hasn't seen the show? Who hasn't? Seen I would it? say, yeah. How good is it? To I, 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 would, I would recommend. I'd it. say try it. Yeah. I would, yeah. I'm I'm somewhere between try it and wait. For a few more episodes to see how people feel about it, mm-hmm. like that's kind of where I'm at. I don't know. I haven't started it yet. It's on my list to start today. Actually, I've been meaning to get to it, but from what I've heard, it really sounds like fantasy Gantz to me. <laughs> it's not that dark, but yeah, well, no, yeah. it's it's it, yeah. it has yeah. its kind of stressful moments that it's trying to convey, but it's not really to that level of dark. Yeah, I, I, can whole... see, I can see it getting a lot darker as it goes, yeah. though. Just, just that theme, though, of waking up somewhere unfamiliar and then basically being told you need to go out and kill or die yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's Gans. That really is. The fact that they have amnesia is kind of key because if they remembered video games, they'd probably be way more comfortable with yeah. what they need to do and be better at what they're doing. But the fact that they can't remember anything kind of sucks. So. Yeah. And it's and for if there's one thing that I can definitely say about Grimgar though, it's that it's not like some sort of knockoff of anything. It's it's definitely its very own thing. And because the whole and we'll get into this, I'll talk about this a little bit more later. But the subgenre of being trapped in a video game is a lot more is a very flexible, a lot more flexible of a genre than people give it credit for. And the key a key way to point this out is there are two shows that kind of fit into this genre that are airing right now. One of them is Grimgar, and the other one is Konosuba, which, Kevin, you want to give a little explanation for that one? Well, so it has a really long name, Konosubarashi Sakai ni Sukufuku wo, or God's Blessing on This Wonderful World, which no one will ever call it, so Konosuba. <laughs> um, so it focuses on this, essentially, Anit, who, Hikimori, who stays into his, in, in his house and plays video games the whole time, but then he walks out to get his super legendary edition game, but then gets hit by a car. Um, and he dies by shock. It was hilarious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, let's, let's not ruin it for people who haven't actually yeah, yeah, seen yeah. it. That's a good part. That's, that's a good Let's gag. just say he dies. Yeah, he dies. <laughs> he dies. Um, so he has a choice between going to heaven being reincarnated or go into this world where it's like a fantasy world because, you know, uh, well, he's a neat and they'd expect him to be interested in it. And if he goes into this world, he gets one wish and he wishes for the god uh, Aqua to come with him. So the whole show is uh, their adventures trying to uh, go back to their own worlds or beat the demon king which is like the big bad threat of the world of course it, yeah. it, it sounds generic but it, it it it's it mostly plays it for laughs so it doesn't yeah really well what i what i want to say the first what i would like to start with this show it's 
it's first up, honestly, it's it's hysterical. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, I, it's so really funny. funny. It's, I, I, it's the funniest comedy. Yeah, it, 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 it is by yeah. far the most funny show that I that I, in my opinion that is airing right now. And what's what's really what I think when it, when it, I mean it was funny before, but when it really hits is as Kevin was mentioning is when he so is dead. And the goddess that he's talking to is like, oh, you can do this, you can, you know, you've got your options, and you can go to this fantasy world, and you can choose to get, like, one spec, you can take one thing, one power with you, um, and, you know, so if you defeat, and so you can defeat the Demon King. And then he's like, but the thing is, like, the goddess is being, like, a re- bitch. yeah, basically, she's being a bitch. And so, and so he's like, show is a terrible yeah. person. And I love what I loved about <laughs> it is that then the guy, the guy is like, God, she's being such a bitch, this pissing me off. He's like, you know what? I want you. And then she's like, oh, you can't do that. And then, like, another goddess comes down, and she's like, yeah, he can. You have to go now. And then they're like, she's like, no. And it's, it's it's like, from that point, I was like, okay, this is going to be really funny. And then it was. Like, it, it's not even just this beginning premise that's funny. It is the entire first episode and f- forward from that point. It's just... It's like yeah. nonstop hilarious. It's, it's surprising. That aspect of Ah, oh, my goddess, where you know he says, "I want a goddess like you to be with me forever." Except in this case, he does it because she's been a bitch and he wants to punish her, yeah. and she responds <laughs> by being bound to him and making his life hell. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's funny is, is like in the short time that they're together, she's already like relying on him, even though she's still so rude to him all the time. Like, she just keeps swinging back and forth between, like, begging for his help and calling him out for being, like, a stupid neat. And it's <laughs> it works so well. Like, every character, all the main characters, and we've only been introduced to a few or only a couple episodes in, but they're all tragically, horribly flawed in some usually non-obvious way. Yeah. <laughs> so you have, like, Aqua, who she's the goddess. But in the the show, really all she can do is, like, healing magic. Other than that, she's basically worthless in battle. And yet she tries repeatedly to do something else, and it just always goes bad. Yeah, and that is one of the nice things, is it's, like, each of the characters have, like, this, have, like, a major flaw. But it's not, like, they don't just, like, smack you with it. They're, like, this character's major flaw is this, like... It's and it's also it's not like super hidden or anything. So this this isn't like the thinking man show where you're like I'm evaluating this character really deeply right now. But at the same time, they don't. It's not. I don't feel like it's hand fisted where they're just like this character's this ah. It's like you get it's it's just subtle enough that it actually makes it more funny because it feels natural. Well, what the show does really well is it. So it has these very flawed characters, but it's able to put them in very stereotypical. Uh, scenarios and situations that you would find in other like trapped in a game or reincarnation shows and then it lets the flaws of those characters shine (laughs) (laughs) and it is it is interesting when you've got like as I mentioned earlier you've got a show like Grimgar which is a very which is significantly more serious and then you've got a show like Konosuba which is a comedy and not, not only is like the base, the general like goal in terms of what they're trying to do for their audience. Not only is that completely different, but like the premise of these shows, the only thing they really have in common is that they both technically fit into the genre of like kind of trapped in a video game kind of world thing. So it's like one of, and one of the things is I think the genre gets um, a lot of crap because people do really like to hate on Sword Art Online. Like outside of the discussion of whether or not Sword Art Online is good or bad or what you think of it, people really like to bash on it. And so because of that, the general genre, there are kind of like two groups. There'll be people who will be like, oh, this, I'm so sick of all these like Sword Art Online knockoffs. Like this is really dumb. They need to stop like making these. And then there are the people who are, you know, who there's some of the fans who are like really, really into Sword Art Online. And they're like, ah, they're, you know, it's like, this is so, I like Sword Art Online. This isn't as good as Sword Art Online. And it's like, the thing is, I feel like it's, it's, a, it's a subgenre that's really, really coming to its own. And it's got a, a really large variety. Um, even in just this one season alone, there are only two shows there that are in this subgenre, but they're both significantly different from each other. And they're both two of my favorite shows that are currently airing. Mm. Yeah, it's just that you 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 need. There's a point where you just need to stop comparing shows. It's yeah. like they stand by themselves very well. 
Why can't yeah. you just enjoy it for what oh, it yeah, is? Yeah, exactly. It's like it's and you know it's the term that I like to throw around a lot, like a relativity complex, where it's like instead of evaluating the show on whether or not it on its own is actually good, all of the criticism is kind of like, how does it compare to these other shows? And it's like, yeah, don't get me wrong, there's it's perfectly valid to do that, but when all but when like the primary criticism of something is compare is like always comparing it to other things, it's like. It, you're not even like evaluating the show at that point. So I do think that both of these, in terms of the season, if I were to name like five shows that I would recommend watching, they'd both probably be on that list of five. And that might not be the case for everyone here, but I don't think there's anyone who's watched either of those two shows who doesn't like them. Is that does that sound about right to you guys? Yeah, but for me. Yeah. For me, I would definitely highly recommend Konosuba, and with Grimgar, I'm like, I'm still holding back. Let me give it a couple more episodes, and then I'll kind of have a better grip on my feelings for it. The way I see it, I don't think they can screw up Grimgar. Like, they just have to keep doing what they're doing now and, like, take it a step further, and then yeah. it becomes yeah. one of the shows that everyone needs to at least watch a couple episodes of. Mm-hmm. But if it never moves forward, then I can see myself not liking it. But oh, Konosuba yeah, yeah. already has me won over. So uh-huh. mm-hmm. It's a definitely and, a show that compels you to watch it the day it comes out. Yeah, and that, that's one of the things where Konosuba, since it's a comedy, it's like you watch the first episode and you're like, okay, is this funny? Check mark box, yes or no. If yes, then it's probably going to continue to be funny. And you're like, when it's a serious show, like even for shows which we haven't, we didn't, we're not really going to talk about this one in this episode, like Erased, which is really popular, very good show. Even though everyone's pretty much like, this is really good, there's still that feeling of like, well, it could go completely south. Whereas with Konosuba, it's kind of like, it's pro, it's very, very likely to basically just keep doing what it's doing right now because it's a comedy. Yeah. 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 Comedy yeah, so, is the Suba. most consistent genre of anime, at yeah, least from exactly. what I've seen. And you know, it's always a safe bet to watch comedy. They're generally the better shows of the season because there's not much that can go wrong. I mean, of not, course, as long as they start good. Yeah. Uh, if the type of comedy is what appeals to you, then it usually remains pretty solid. You don't get a show being funny in one particular way and then switching halfway through to try and be funny in a different way. Yeah. That said, Konosuba does appear to perhaps be a front runner of what we all expect the next big genre to be, because we've had magical high schools and we're all expecting reincarnation fantasy to come next. So Konosuba <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah, out there. yeah. and if you read light novels, there's so many waiting in the wings. Oh my god, yeah. It's <laughs> there are some good ones. I mean you've got uh the one with the guy who gets reincarnated into a slime. You've got Death March, which would make Sword Art Online look hilarious for an op- overpowered protagonist. Yeah. <laughs> Mashoku Tensei is really good. You mm-hmm. have uh, no, I, Journey. I, I, really I remember looking on like the list of like the most popular light novel series that have like premiered this year in Japan for 2015, and I was reading them, and like all like almost all of them were. Uh, like magic high school, like trapped in a video game kind of thing, or like reincarnation fantasy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got a whole bunch of people doing different things within that genre, though, which is what you get oh, with yeah. high school as well. But I mean, another mm-hmm. one which is reincarnation fantasy is Knights and Magic, where you get a robot otaku who is a competent programmer dies ends up in a world where they have like powered armor magic mecha knights and pretty much goes fuck yeah robots and dedicates his life to becoming this genius robot designer who just makes everyone in the world go completely spare because he's insane about it (laughs) and he revolutionizes magic by applying programming concepts to it and starts building these abominations of like centaur robot knights and shit (laughs) And it is really quite funny because he's like three foot tall and looks like a girl. <laughs> he munchkins them. And, and that's the thing, like, I've... When you have, like, this kind of new... No, not new subgenre, but but one that's really increasing in popularity, you get a, you're going to get a wide range of quality, but then also, because it's... Hey, the person either got magically pulled into another world or died and got summoned or whatever, however some 
mechanic that got them there. The worlds can be wildly different. And that's yeah. what's really yeah. what it's about. It's taking somebody from our world and putting them in a crazy fantasy world. And people have been doing that forever. Like John that's, Carter that's not even something a modern yeah, concept. Exactly. That's been going on since uh, the yeah. ancient Greeks. I mean, it's nothing new. But yeah, one particular thing of the reincarnation fantasy is the prevalence for having the protagonist be stupidly overpowered. Yeah. In some way, having him have some sort of cheatability or several cheatabilities. So it's less about the tension and more exploring this fantasy world from a different point of view of someone in our world. One thing but... I do like about Konosuba, though, in that regard, is the protagonist, like, he does have one OP thing, but for the most part, his stats are, like, irredeemably average. <laughs> <laughs> and Except for one stat. His luck, which yeah. is ridiculously high. <laughs> and that, that's what I love. Is it's it's one of those things because in like a lot of like the RPGs that J especially JRPGs that I play, it'd be like the statistic luck, and I'll just be like, well, this is useless. I'm just not even going to care about luck. And then just, but which don't get me wrong, like there are games that actually utilize like a, the luck um, skill, mm. but the general consensus is out of all of the um, popular kind of statistics in those JRPG kind of games, luck is generally regarded as the shittiest. So, And what's funny about that is they even make that comment in Konosuba that yeah. like, oh, yeah. your luck's really high, maybe you should be a merchant. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, like, he's like, nah, I'm gonna be an adventurer. I'm gonna, and then on the flip side you have the goddess Aqua, who all her stats are super high, except she has ridiculously bad luck. And both of those, having read the manga, they both come into play later on with in some really interesting ways that you wouldn't necessarily think. But basically, any time that there's like random chance in any encounter, it comes into play, and they do some a lot of fun with it. <laughs> I don't know. I am hoping that Death March ends up getting an anime because. I, I don't know how well it would be received because the guy's probably the most overpowered protagonist anime would ever have seen and the entire thing is basically this guy ended up in the world of a game he was working on and spends his time sightseeing with a group of lolly girls who he picks up along the way and he's not interested in lollies i have to point out <sighs> uh, which is continuously annoying for him and there's a, this whole backstory of the rise of the demon king the wars of the heroes the wars of gods the effect of the gods on the society, other people being summoned from parallel Japans, not just his Japan, but lots of different Japans, and he doesn't give a solitary fuck. He's just going around, trying all the different food he can find. Every time they come up against a new monster, it's, huh, kill, I wonder how we can cook this. It doesn't matter what it is. Giant demon whales blot out the skies. Like, oh, fuck yeah, karage. <laughs> Do you like that more than the New Gate? Hmm? Uh, yeah, I mean, the New Gate is another one which is just remarkably peaceful because there's no tension in these situations that should have tension because the guy's just too overpowered. And thus it becomes something different. Ordinarily, you'd be watching for the action and the tension and, oh, how is he going to win this fight? In these ones, you know he's bloody going to win. He's probably going to win easily, you're there for the slice of life of somebody who happens to be living in a situation where fighting is a thing that happens. So, sounds a bit, well, not outside of the fighting part, but just you know they're going to win. That's a lot like No Game, No Life was, too. It's like One Punch Man. <laughs> yeah, One Punch Man. Exactly. Yeah. One Punch Man is probably pretty close to it because they've got that same, they're not quite so bored and assumed by Onwe. Most of the main characters in these actually like their lives, but it's not the challenge that they like. It's other aspects of the world. <laughs> that they go around. I mean, as I say, in Death March, the guy's pretty much, he calls himself a sightseer because he's wandering around the world trying to figure out how to get back to his own world, but he's in no rush. He's just taking in the sights as he goes. There's your next big uh, genre. Yeah, so we, it's so just over, really remarkably peaceful. <laughs> so o over the course of this podcast episode, we talked about Phantom World, the Gashikashi, um, Undefeated Bahamut Chronicle, um, Grimgar of Fantasy and Ash, and then Konosuba, and then also, what was it, Death March? 
which yeah, com- coming to March, um, coming to an anime streaming site near you maybe in the next year or two we never know who knows <laughs> oh i hope so it's got so many adorable factors to it yeah so all right i'm gonna go You've ahead got a tiny cat girl who's been over leveled to the point she, she could probably defeat all of the armies in the world by herself who runs around in a pink ninja costume and had time off <laughs> Alright, so, uh, yeah, this, so this is about the end of the episode now, so we'll see, I don't have the exact marker for it, but this has been episode 8 of the current iteration of the Anate podcast, and we'll see you guys next time, so be sure to check us out. We are also now have our feed updated on iTunes.